Hello everybody, welcome to the Big Dog Podcast, the place where we talk to some of the most inspirational business leaders, founders, MDs, celebrities and influencers. Each week we will have a new guest who is incredibly inspirational in their field, giving you an insight into their world. The interview you're about to hear was filmed on Zoom due to social distancing, so please excuse any cutting out because of internet connections. Hope you enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe. Everybody, welcome back to the Big Dog Podcast. Uh, this is the last of this season, so episode 10 of season two. Thank you so much for um, listening and joining in. And if you're new, uh, you joined at a great time, uh, but don't worry, we'll be back for more. You can always go back and re-listen to the other ones. Uh, today, we are joined by Roger. Uh, Roger is the CEO of Gloucestershire Wildlife Trust, and we, we partner with them. We do a lot of work with them, but I wanted Roger to come on and talk about the amazing work that they do. So thank you for joining, Roger. Hey, Luke. Hi. Um, Roger, I'm going to not even pretend I know what I'm talking about when it comes to wildlife, although I do love gardening. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do and what, what the Gloucestershire Wildlife Trust is? Yeah, so we're the sort of, um, we're neighbours of yours, like literally, um, well, quite a big spit, but, you know, spitting each distance away from our headquarters. So we, um, we're based in the centre of Gloucester, but we have about 60 sites around the county. We're one of a network of, a, of, of, of wildlife trusts around the country. Um, we're kind of, um, I guess we're here to do two simple things. Like I, I love working in charities where you do what it says on the tin. So yeah. Gloucester Wildlife Trust, kind of hopefully that's quite obvious, but you know, but we do two things. One is, um, I mean, I think what's really exciting about doing this job at the moment is there's two massive emergencies that we're facing. One is climate change. And the second is this kind of incredible and, you know, depressing daily loss of species. Um, but I know, I think we know it's not too too late to do something. And, yeah. and I guess part of what we're doing is trying to turn that decline around. So we do that in two ways. One is trying to create more places where nature can thrive, you know, more homes for wildlife. And we need to do that at scale. So we can't just do it in tiny little nature reserves. We've got to, um, this place behind me, one of the pictures we've got is this cracking place we've got in the Forest of Dean, but we need lots more of those all joined up. So that's sure. one. The other thing is we need more people to care. And that's that's as much a part of our job as kind of, um, as, as creating places where nature can thrive. David Attenborough had this cracking quote um, about 20 years ago, which was, people won't protect what they don't love. So a part sure. of what we do is trying to get people to love nature more. So that's great. People like listen to Mr. Attenborough more than more than a lot of other people, don't they? I mean, if, when he sneezes, people jump. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like, <laughs> if you're, when you're ranking national treasures. like if, oh, he is. Him followed by Judy Dench or somebody. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> um, so how important is it that people care about their local environment like and their local kind of wildlife trust? Because obviously you're part of a network of wildlife trusts, right? So wherever anyone's listening in the UK, I'm assuming they'll have a local yep. wildlife trust. Definitely. So all of the wildlife trusts are separate. I mean, one of the great things, um, I mean, there's lots of nature charities all doing very mm -hmm. different things. And like there, there are some new movements around nature and the climate um, 
change movement like Extinction Rebellion that people will have heard about that are doing things in new ways. And, and I guess we're all, we're all united by the same cause, but doing things in different ways. And I think one of the things that, that the Wildlife Trust are great at is that we're local, so that we mm -hmm. absolutely, so we know our county really well. So we know Gloucestershire and, and all of the other Wildlife Trusts know their county super well. But we also kind of work with the players in our county to try and so if there's a housing development that's wrong we're going to work to kind of think about how we can make it better or move it somewhere else if um, we understand you know the school environment you know we work with all the schools you know about a third of the primary schools in gloucestershire and um, so knowing that pe and i think that being bottom up people really respond to that but oh. the other thing is a lot of uh, some other um some other people are kind of focused on what's happening elsewhere and I think one of the things I think that we're really passionate about in the Wildlife Trust is that the nature that's on your doorstep is, is as important as the nature on a remote Scottish island it's like yeah, really yeah. important that what's in your garden what's in your local park you know we're here at Robinswood Hill in Gloucester just down the road from you and and and, and it's it's you know it's not going to be the most cracking place for rare species but you can find all kinds of interesting. Well, of course, you know, but it's going to be a place for people to go. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you've got, I guess I see it from like two sides. You've got like people caring and doing yeah. their bit. And we can talk about that in a second. And then the corporate side. So if we go to the people side, obviously how you have a membership model, is that correct? Like people pay monthly or how do, so how do people support the, yeah you know, most people donate but like how like does it work with you guys and what does it go to type of thing so i like lots of nature charities the, the wildlife trusts around the country have a nature model so wherever you are in the country you can kind of sign up you can find your local wildlife trust and one of the first questions i ask you is why don't you become a member and that's because um getting people to be members is a really great way to get them involved to help to tell them a story about what yeah. you're talking um, it used to be that nature charities were quite low down in terms of the, the causes people wanted to support and it was you know the classic cats um, medical charities um, cancer children charities, <laughs> you know it's kind of they but I think that's changing fast and yeah what, sure I can get I can understand that yeah and it, particularly around young people there's like you know actually you ask young people about what are the issues they care most about like climate change and environment pretty much at the top of that list every time so yeah the, the membership's important and, and one of the things about here in Gloucestershire just as a plug for us is that we've got more a, a higher proportion of people as members of the population who are members of Gloucestershire Wildlife Trust than in any other part of the country. So we oh wow that's good yeah yeah 5% hey. so of the households in Gloucestershire are members of GWT which is amazing so what what a kind of but in a way 5% is amazing but we've got to get to more people as sure. well the problem with it, one of the challenges of the membership model is it gets you, it gets you some absolutely, it gives you a brilliant home team that's really strong. Yeah. Got to get the message more Sure. Wide. And it's slightly different to the National Trust, right? You guys, so like you don't have to pay to go into any of your sites, they're open to the public, you're just, the money goes to support the work you actively do as opposed to access to... So that's right. So it's not like houses or whatever. Yeah. So it's not like you pay, like I guess, like a transactional thing. So you're you're paying because you believe. So yeah, I mean, there yeah. are some pluses. You get a magazine. You get, but what you're what you're really contributing to, and it's really not very much. It's 
not. Um, so it's, it's a very good deal. You're, you're, you're making a contribution that allows us to buy more sites, to yeah. educate more kids, to make connections with more people, sure. to improve the sites we've got. So all those things. And from a corporate perspective, obviously we've done some work with you and we continue yeah. to do work with you. Um, it's obviously, CSR is a huge thing. Right. Yeah. And corporate social responsibility and the environment and sustainability. I mean, it's literally every every company's kind of red hot thing they should be doing and talking about. And quite rightly so. Um, like how do you if ignoring us for a minute, how do you and the network and stuff work with corporates and how important is it for businesses to continue to support you guys and, and the work that yeah. you can do? But it's so interesting, you know, because I think that's changed so much. So even I've been here about seven, eight years and when I first started, the big way we engaged with corporates was was like giving them an amazing day out through mm-hmm. corporate volunteering. So I, I and mean, there were always a few corporates who who love the environment and put it number number one. Yeah. So um, and we have a corporate member. We had quite sort of like an old fashioned corporate member scheme, and uh, and that worked okay. But but that's I mean, in the last five years, that's turned on its head. And what we see are organisations like Big Duck who are actually sustainability is woven into their DNA. They want to do something. They want to demonstrate their values by partnering with organizations that are committed to sustainability. So I guess, you know, that feels like it's changing daily. So the conversation isn't anymore about can we send, uh, we had an amazing partnership with Intel where they would send uh, volunteers to Woodlands to do loads of work in the winter yeah. We'd do them a big, lunch and they'd have an amazing day and they pay us for that and that was great mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that and long may it continue a lot of charities do that they have these away do. days you know and yeah corporates. you'd be painting a homeless shelter yeah exactly everyone does it but what's interesting now i think is that charities want to align because we can be help them deliver some yeah, of sure. the sustainability objectives. So it's really interesting. We work a lot with house builders, so that mm-hmm. feels a bit odd when you first saw it. But actually, house builders, you know, one of the biggest threats to, bio- to biodiversity can be building more houses, but it's also, you can also improve wildlife corridors by building more houses. So doing it the right way can be really, really helpful for wildlife. So we work quite a lot with house builders to say, actually, if we did it this way, why, that would be quite good. That would be great for us. So they, they sort of pay us to help them do that. And they also help to deliver their corporate um, commitment. Okay, cool. So that's a good example of how it's changing, I think. And of course, the whole carbon scene, you know, the kind of tree planting, sequestration. Yeah, 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 sure. All of that, that game is changing so far. And that's something that we do at Big Dog. We do the tree planting thing. I think it's in collaboration with the Eden Project, I think we do it with. Um, But it's just, I think it's about people are learning now. It's not just about that bang, one hit wonder. We're just going to pay a couple of grand and have a corporate away day and everyone has a lovely time and feels good about themselves one day a year. Actually, it's about ironically the sustained approach to creating sustainability with a charity that know what they're doing um and that's kind of obviously why we partnered with you but i think why it's really important for other corporates to understand actually it's not just about chucking some cash in it and going it makes us look good is actually working with you guys can make a real difference genuinely real difference and trying to and can achieve a lot of those csr and sustainability goals just by you giving the knowledge and 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 collaborating on projects which can make a real difference 
Yeah, yeah. It's about, you know, it's about that crazy sweet spot between what mm-hmm. you're trying to do and what we're trying to do. And, and like what you, the way you supported us here at Robinson Hill is such a good example. So we we had this like ambition to, to build a new visitor center. And yeah. a cafe and, uh, you know, let's uh, like tip for the future of my life is don't open that kind of thing in the middle of lockdown. But hey, you know, that aside, <laughs> one, of, one of the things that we wanted to do was like, create some space where we could store everything and yes. honestly we are like the worst hoarders in the world we have to do <laughs> okay. twice before we move back here and and it was like taking a kind of estate full of my nan on a journey and you had to clear the attic every oh time. god and people would not throw anything all the archives out. they just put nothing was sorted and in a way like we had your guys in and talked about like a racking solution for yeah. our storage room and now it's like, honestly, it's like the Kim and Aggie have come into GWC and they, <laughs> we've kind of like made people plan what how they use sure. their stuff, they can go into the room and all this. You know, the, the kind of storage areas we used to have were just like a room with a lot of rubbish in it. And yeah. you never found what you wanted. Now we've cleared up the rubbish, we've got really clear racking. Sure. Um, you, you saved us a, a, a ton of cash by being able to help us with the building. But more importantly, you say you've helped us like organize ourselves better sure. and kind of think about how we can do that and that's we beneficial right yeah, not just great. from us but from any other partnership you know like actually we wanted to ensure that you opening which was a really important part of of what you were doing at the charity at the yeah. time getting visitors in you know making a lovely visitor center to drive people to the nature reserve to robinswood hill you know all of the the ambitions that you had for that place we were just a small part of helping achieve that opening and by donating product for free to help not only save charity cash but also give you the ability to open quicker or whatever it may be just means that we've just helped you guys on that journey um and we've not just like just flung a load of cash at you which we could have done we actually came in and 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 i guess added value in a different way Um, your expertise is as useful as but i mean like some people say like oh they're the shelving guys and it was, but it was sure we are, but... <laughs> so you are the shopping guys, but like everything, it's kind of one of the things people realized when you came in was that you could we, you could help us do things. Yeah, sure. I think that's that's almost like that the advice and the support we got alongside was just as useful. So yeah. But and no, I think maybe I think, yeah. I think it also maybe comes back to my days in charity, because you know I used to work in charity and I worked in the charity sector for a long time. Um and whenever, and I was almost, the roles that I did was the bridge, the gap between the, the corporates and, and the charities. And I always used to say to corporates, throwing cash is great, but actually your expertise and your your knowledge or whatever that you do as a business is so valuable to a charity. Yeah. You know, if you're a PR agency, give some PR. If you're a marketing agency, give yeah. some marketing. You know, if you are going to, you want to do a corporate away day, right? But and you want to engage employees, that's a one hit wonder. You're going to pay a load of cash to a charity. And actually, and I'll say this quite openly and honestly on this podcast, sometimes that is a pain in the ass for charities because it takes a lot of organizing, a lot of resources away from the charity. And yes, you're getting paid for it. But actually, sometimes when you equate the cash to how long it takes to set up one of those corporate away days, you don't actually get that much out of it because it's just so cost and labor intensive to set it up to make it amazing when in actual fact if you just got five or ten of those employees who are really passionate about that cause to give their skill set for one day for one lunchtime a week 
I know accounting, I know social media, I know PR, you know, to lend that skill to a smaller charity who don't have those resources, that is so much more valuable, so much more valuable. And you're giving sustained impact and and real impact, you know, and I've seen people do it and go, well, I'm really good at social media. I'll help you do, you know, sort your social accounts out for the next six weeks. The difference that that has made to a small charity, you can't buy that, you know, you can't track five grand and have that happen because that's a skill and a knowledge transfer. And yeah. I'm just going to be honest on here and just be like, that's just yeah. sometimes being a corporate isn't all about the corporate. It shouldn't be. It should be about yeah. a collaboration between the two. Yeah. And, and I think it, one of the things that always struck me was that I remember going to visit some of the corporate away days in this job and in previous ones. And, and actually what's interesting is that here, what we want is the work done. <laughs> so, well, <yeah. laughs> so corporate away days work because you want manual labour. You kind of want the money was useful, <laughs> but, but in a way the money often covered the cost. But, but getting yeah. the work done in a place like this is really helpful. Well, so, sure. Like, having 100 people come and, you know, help you take scrub away, so young trees away, is kind yeah. of helpful. But for the, for the corporates often, it's an away day, so well, yeah, of course it is. The way the thing they're doing is kind of immaterial. So, in a way, I think as charities, we've got to understand. You know, you've got to walk a mile in, like most things in life. You've got Where's to walk the value? Else's shoes and go like, okay, well, what's useful for them here? Um, yeah, sure. That, that can take a that can take a bit of a mindset for us to think differently as well, which is important. So, how has it been through? Is, <laughs> I'm going to bring it up, but it's different. I, I think it's maybe slightly different for you guys because. You obviously have outdoor spaces, yeah. so you're slightly more lucky than a lot of charities because at least people can come and visit when there was a semi-lockdown and people go out and about. Um, I mean, it's been difficult across the charity sector, I understand that, but how has it been? Because you've yeah. had the big project going on, so you've maybe been able to get that done. I mean, what's yeah. it been like? Yeah, I mean, like so many... Yeah, I mean, like always, you have to kind of start with actually people's, some people's lives have been devastated and we're a big employer-ish employer. And so, you know, amongst the hundred of employed people, you know, we've had people with relatives and families died and that's something that we've sure. some of our volunteers have sadly um, uh, been been sick. And, and, and so we've got to work with that. But I, I think one of the interesting things for me, so just on the positives, like, wow wasn't like last spring so spring 2020 mm-hmm. it's like one of those like moments i'll never forget where everyone suddenly like at ground zero in their homes and that it was a, it was an amazing spring we're sort of appreciating that now we've got yeah. a really cool one um but it was this incredible spring that people were out watching observing mm-hmm. even from their garden and so that kind of i mean i did see this kind of immense kind of love of the natural world yeah. spring, spring back into people's lives and we were putting out bits on social, like, you know, a babbling brook on Instagram that was getting like huge amounts of followers just because people were just kind of so appreciative of the natural yeah, world. Yeah, sure. And like in all the surveys, I don't, I can't remember the deal, but they all show like, actually people want to take that forward in their lives going yeah. forward. So they lost that connection to nature. They got it during lockdown and they want to see it come forward. So that was important. I think you're right. We were lucky because most of uh, a big chunk of our work could could, could continue. So yes. A lot of it stopped in the first lockdown. But after that, so a lot of the work outside, sadly, a lot of our volunteering, which, to be honest, is like the Duracell battery behind the truck. Sure. That didn't continue. But a lot of, like, we could carry on maintaining sites. We could keep the sites open, which was really important. Yeah. But we closed one site for a couple of weeks, and that was about it in the whole of COVID. Okay. 
But the biggest impact has been like for everybody in the in in, in the UK, you know, and then across the world, has been like we've been able to do our job in a different way. Yeah. But I'm not sure it's been I think we've lost something really critical about what it means to be a human in the world mm. and exchange views and pick up great stuff. You know, I'm in the office today, we're gradually coming back to the office. And it's like sunshine's been switched on for people. Yeah, yeah. weird. Yeah, it's so nice. Whereas I'm at home, as you can see. I recommend being, I mean, we're trying to do it gradually. And, yeah. and luckily in this new building, we're quite, you know, it's a big it's a big space and we can have yeah. a window, so it's great. But yeah, no, I think we're, compared to other charities, we lost a lot of money because we couldn't, our cafes had to close mm -hmm. and we couldn't recruit new members on the street. Yeah run fundraising events so all of those things but i'm not going to make a sub story about us because i think other charities have had it much much harder sure. and we're so super lucky because we were able we've come through it we had to sadly make some redundancies during the year but yeah we've come through it like surviving which is the most important thing and i'm hopeful that a lot of your sites are probably really busy at the moment lots of people well, wandering around in yeah, there was a really weird moment where actually they were really busy with wildlife because all the disturbance that people cause kind of... Of like, course. Kind of, so some of the more remote sites just suddenly... And then I think there's been a big issue for all natural world charities managing um, a massive increase in visitors, which yeah. is a great thing, but it's also something we need to worry. So, so a lot of people were first-time visitors, which I think is an amazing opportunity to kind of grab them and talk mm -hmm. about the value of what you're doing. But equally, there were people who were unused to coming. You know, so it was uh, we had we had quite a lot of increase in vandalism on some sites. We had okay. So, so it, it's been, but I think the biggest thing to hold on to is the positive about more people coming mm. and experiencing, especially the environment on their doorstep, which for yeah, us sure. is great. Isn't it? Yeah, amazing. Wow. So, I mean, anyone that wants to go to visit one of your sites, they can, I mean, you've got loads, go onto the website, right? Gloucester, yeah, no, Gloucester, and, 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 you know, not, not everyone's sadly going to be in Gloucestershire for them. <laughs> no, but they've got their own local wildlife trust, yeah, right? They've all got their own wildlife trust. So they, um, I was going to say, they, you can, wildlife trusts across the country have got sites that are close to you. I think that you know we've got we've got more nature reserves than there are branches of McDonald's. Among okay. Them. Okay, so you can, wherever you're listening, you can find wherever one. If you're listening, there's a there's a McDonald's and a wildlife trust nature. And obviously any businesses in Gloucestershire, if you're listening, it's an amazing charity to work with. Reach out to Roger and the team because I'm sure there's something you guys can do together. Yeah. Amazing. And go and visit one of the sites. I love Robinswood Hill. I pop up there quite often with the dogs, which is nice. Yeah, really. It's only around the corner from me. I can see it, actually. I can see it from my house. I can look you out did, my windows. Yeah. yeah, I can see it. There it is. I'm quite close to you. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It's always lovely to talk. Yeah, no Charity great. and stuff and, and what, uh, what's been going on with you guys because... It's just been a, a rocky road for everybody and charity sector, I think more than anyone, because fundraising events and people yeah. being around is just is the core of 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 a lot of charities. It's togetherness and that togetherness was taken yeah. taken away. Yeah, no, we, and we got so many fantastic donors who, who have stayed firm with us through mm. this year. Um, hopefully I can get to see them a bit over this summer in various events. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, and people have been. Um, amazing you know we, we judge quite a lot on how many members we lose each year and this has been a cracking year for not losing members and I okay. think that's a great sign of people Good. 
staying loyal and mm -hmm. realizing the value of what hopefully they can see we're trying to do amazing well thank you for joining it was always lovely to talk. and thank you everybody for listening this is the last of this series uh we will be back with the big dog podcast soon uh we are going to line up some new guests and talk about new topics but for now thank you for listening and make sure you check out all the other episodes in season two and we'll see you soon thanks very much cheers roger bye everyone bye, -bye.